bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. Have you ever wanted to go on a photo adventure in and around the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico? Well, come join me and Federico Chiele for an unforgettable adventure. We're heading down February 11th through February 18th of 2017. You can check out all the details at twipwanderlust.com. That's twipwanderlust.com. This is TWIP, episode 494, Beautifully Aging Beauty. Pirelli shows the beauty of age, and are photographers flocking to Microsoft? Plus, Phase 1 releases Capture 110. It's Monday, December 5th, 2016, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. I've got two of my good buddies here to chat about the stories that... We all think you should be aware of this week. There's Mr. Martin Bailey from the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast and Jose Rosado, the angry millennial. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Frederick. Hey, Jose. That is <laughs> just a on, cool man? name, man. Jose, that is just a cool name, the angry millennial. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. I had to make it Are memorable. you more angry now? Are you more angry now? Or are you oh, still no. as angry? Are you more angry now in December of 2016 as you were in January of 2016? So I was talking to Martin about it earlier. Uh, we have two kids, an 11-year-old boy and a 9-year-old daughter. And they, we've been lucky. They've never asked for that it toy every year. Mm-hmm. And we got away with it all this time. And I guess we were due because now my daughter wants a Hatchimals, which you probably never heard of it, and I don't blame you. Yeah, those are those toys that you have to nurture, and they actually pop yes. out. Okay, so you yeah. do know. Yeah, it's like a Furby uh-huh. in a shell. It's a Furby uh, in utero. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> the dumbest looking thing. And I mean, I, I say that with love, but I don't understand it. And um, yeah, so we're doing the whole like, you know, staying in line at 3 a.m., waiting getting told they're sold out calling places people laughing at you being like yeah okay buddy yeah we don't even yeah, know sure, when those we'll come right in. on that yeah yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> would you like uh, a moon rock at the same time it's, or? <laughs> it's literally just, just to make myself feel better we're we're watching christmas movies upstairs before we i hopped on and uh we we watched the one not deck the halls it was the one arnold schwarzenegger where he basically goes through the whole the same thing the turbo man mm-hmm. doll and he, it's Christmas Eve, and he's running around with Sinbad trying to find it, and it's yeah. yeah. So I, I just so you know. you're basically saying be, this Christmas season has you more angry than you normally are. Is what you're <laughs> look, saying? Look, more more grays too. I'm starting to look uh, like yeah. I'm starting to look like Zach Arias over here. <laughs> I know that's cool. That's a good look. I don't know if you can rock that though. He's got to got a yeah, trademark on that. Look. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> that's why I'll keep the whole beard. I think that's the only thing that keeps me from uh, infringing on his IP. He's got that nice exactly. goatee. You know? Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, cool. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you on. Thanks. Glad to be back on. And Martin Bailey, man, what's going on with you? I know you got new toys that you're going to share over there. I'm jealous. What's happening? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm. I've. Um. Over the last week, I've been setting up my new 13 inch um, MacBook <sighs> Pro with the Touch Bar, and um. I hate you. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually. I'm. You know, just. Uh, Playing around with stuff and uh, trying to get a few a few extra podcasts in the feed because I'm going to be traveling again soon. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've actually I've something exciting. I've got um, the I've got five 
like the head of the large format printer uh, department in Canon and four engineers coming over on Friday. So I'm preparing a presentation for those guys as well. The, the, it's not here now. You remember I used to have the large format printer behind me? Yeah, well, that, you that replaced bro- it with a, with a keyboard. <laughs> well, that's because the, the new large format printer has to sit on the second floor. We, 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 our, our apartment is the second and third floor of a three-story building. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so big. The, the new printer is so big, I had to have it installed on the second floor. That's why my keyboards are up here now. But, um, yeah, the, in this printer, they've actually fixed a, a, a whole slew of things that I told them about five years ago when they did something similar. They came over, they uh, sort of interviewed me about what I liked about the printer, what I didn't like about it. Yeah. And a lot of that found its way into the, the new Pro Series, the ImageGraph Pro 2000, 4000. Um, and now, you know, they, they called a few weeks ago and asked if they could come over again, so... I'm putting together a presentation to to tell them what I what I love about the new printer and um, thank them for fixing all of the things that I didn't like about the old one. Uh, but also, there's a few things. There's a not not a lot that I can tell them this time that I really don't like about the new printers because they've they just made such a good job of it. But it's nice That's to crazy. talk to these you, guys, you, though. You know, a printer is serious when they have to quote install it. most of us martin just so that you know most of us mortals we we buy a printer and we set it up martin has (laughs) his printers installed well it took four people people to carry it up the stairs um that there's uh and they it weighs i think it's a hundred with the stand which is a part of the the the, it's a 44 inch wide roll printer so this thing can make like huge photographs um and it's with the stand, I think it weighs about 127 kilos. Um, so it's that. it's a decent You're not size, that. right? Yeah. Please tell me the stand at least has wheels on it in case you want to like sh- it, move it a foot. It does. To the left. It does. But I also I wow. also built a platform to disper- to sort of spread out, distribute the weight so it doesn't drop through through to the first floor. And um, Martin, I know Japanese apartments aren't all that big, so I'm right. guessing that printer probably needs to start paying rent, right? Well, it's, it's, um, it's not the most popular item with my wife because it's sitting, it's sitting in our, our room. We, we actually, because I, when I moved to this place, I moved here um, because I was setting up my, my new company. I was going to incorporate Martin Bailey Photography. And so we did rent somewhere that was large enough to have like 40% of the area as business. This room up here is just for my business. Um, so I, you know, we have room to do that stuff, but our our spare room downstairs is no longer that spare. It's like you can just yeah. about fit a bed next to it now if if necessary. Yeah, you're going to have to have a another area set aside for your roll paper and ink and all. Oh, yeah. And the 44 Bailey inch service rolls are bureau. Big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, cool. Well, welcome to the show, man. It's, Thank uh, you. It's good to have both of you guys. On. I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking right, at guys, my. Look- I'm looking at my Canon Pro Nine. Was it nine thousand? I'm. I need glasses. Mark II. Looking at it like it's some redheaded stepchild now. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing yeah, Martin's I have, story, I have an older like, Epson. I have an older Epson, and I haven't used it. I feel so bad saying this in front of Martin. I haven't used it in so long. I actually decommissioned it and put it in a box because my printer is bay photo so i send <laughs> i send everything to bay photo and it shows up a day later but granted i can't make those beautiful prints that martin makes one of a kinds and all that stuff so 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah, so much stuff. There's so much stuff to buy. <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's dive in. Speaking of stuff to buy, there's a calendar on sale. Uh, so the 2017, that was my veiled attempt at a segue. Um, the 2017 Pirelli calendar is out, and it's kind of stirring things up. So the whole... The idea, one of the gists behind this calendar was they decided, or the the photographer, German photographer Peter Lindbergh, decided that he wanted to capture beauty unretouched. The titled, so the the calendar is titled "Emotional" and it's a black and white series for the Pirelli calendar, and it's it's celebrating quote people be women beyond glitz. He says quote I want to portray women not in terms of their perfection. Um, but through their feelings and emotions. So what do you guys think, Jose? Jose, what do you think about that? So I remember, like, I'm a big car guy. I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, Pirelli? Like the tire company? You know, like, and I remember being like, <laughs> yeah. huh. And um, and I thought at first when I saw it, I thought it was one of those, like, you know, uh, uh, you know Asian car model type, kind of calendars and i was like oh this is pretty neat and um yeah but you know you said it it's it's capturing the natural beauty of from my understanding of it um you know the older celebrities and it's like you know come on you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the people we're talking about are obviously the you know upper one percent of beautiful people in the world um we, They're already beautiful. You already yeah. have a head start, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. My my opinions on that is I God, I was talking to uh Tim Engle, um, mm-hmm. who's been on the show before. He's a fashion photographer up in Sacramento, California. And we were going back and forth on chat talking about this very story. And I wanted to get his perspective as a fashion photographer on you know, makeup or no makeup and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or distorted perceptions of beauty and is makeup doing that to people or women and given an unrealistic expectation. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the conversations we have on TWIP about photojournalism versus art. It's like if, if you're trying to portray something as beautiful and it's not necessarily reality or or if it just makes a person feel better, why not? With, yeah. Like... I, I don't. I, I'm trying to get my brain around this unrealistic perception of reality because I, I was telling Tim it kind of when I hear that, like most women I know are smarter than most men I know, right? So it's like, <laughs> let's, wait, let me just like, let me just say that's all women for me. Thank are you. Well, all smarter. Yeah, you don't want to generalize <laughs> or anything, but but I'm saying. Like saying that, the, you know, their perceptions are being skewed by these photographs and they're feel you know, I'm like, right. it, fe- it just feels like you're being, you're condescending to these people that are smart. They know what makeup is and what non-makeup is. Right. Yeah, I, we, don't know. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's not like, it's not exactly like we're talking about the Dove campaign. You know, right. you know what I mean? Like, this is <laughs> way different. And yeah. even that, that was, you know, what, five, I don't even know, four or five years ago? You know yeah, what I mean? So that, I was born. that stuff. <laughs> that started the conversation a while ago and it's like to think this is some new thing oh wait but it's you know the beauty of older celebrities i don't know i just right. like every well there's another this, there's yeah. a, the other side of that as you brought it up before we started recording mm-hmm. is the whole you know there's photoshop right and then there's <laughs> there's photoshop work 
And yeah. then there's, let's call it nip tuck work, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. the unrealistic expectation, you can go makeup free, but you've already, you know, A, yeah. you've got DNA, you know, mm-hmm. and B, you've augmented from the inside out, but yeah. you don't put makeup on the yeah. outside. So you're saying this is a realistic portrayal of lack of makeup. Martin, Martin, what do you, what do you think of this? Yeah, well, the the thing is, I mean, they're not actually saying that there isn't any makeup. It's the Photoshop. They're, a lot of these these subjects do have some makeup on. It's light for sure, um, but you know, I I I like the photos. I think they're they're great. You know, as for what they are. But mm-hmm. like you say, I mean, people generally know that when they see a photo and they've got perfect skin, it's been retouched and all of that. So. Yeah. I understand the, you know, your point about it being a little bit condescending to women that are generally <laughs> a lot more intelligent than we are. Um, so <laughs> I, I just think that, yeah, it, there's a certain amount of gimmick sort of element to it, but I, I like it. I like the, I like the work. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, you know, the, the article... Yeah, just let the work when stand on its own. Why does it have right. to be a controversy? And, right, yeah. You right. know, yeah. just say, hey, I decided to, to shoot calendars? this group of women... <laughs> I just decided to shoot the yeah exactly. I decided mm. to shoot this group of women like this. You know, it's not saying yeah. it's right or wrong. I just decided to do that for this this series. Yeah. Why does it have to be a big controversy? I, I think a, a part of it though is the is the where is it on uh, the board panda website. A part of it is the way they're hyping it because they're saying older celebrities, um, but you know, Lupita. Nyong'o, however you pronounce that. She's she's like in her 30s. Um, And so the photo photo of her is is pretty, I mean, almost looks retouched to a degree because she's got the youth on her side. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things that I, I can go either way. I understand the points that you guys are making. The photographs themselves, they stand to me just as, as pieces of art, and I, I quite like the work. And I think yeah. that a certain amount of the hype is coming from the Board Panda website more than the... Right. Um, although, if you look at... If you watch the video at the bottom of the post, um, you know, the, the photographers and the, the models are, are all... You know, the actresses are all talking and just giving a quick comment about what the, what's, how they feel about the project. And I think that that's more in line with the intentions of the photographer. So I, right. I, I would recommend people actually listen, listen to the video or watch the video um, as well and... And that's, I mean, that's obviously, that's part of what this whole thing is. It's going to get create more um, visits to the Board Panda website. It's going to create more eyes on the video. But that's fine. I mean, it, it's, I enjoyed watching the video. I enjoyed looking at the photos. To me, that's about as far as it goes. I don't need to overthink the rest of it. Wait, can yeah, we just say no, real quick, can we talk about how Helen Mirren is still a fox? <laughs> yeah, look at her. <laughs> I mean... She's she's got my vote, you know. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, all these women are. You oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look but at that. that. But that's like you were saying, Jose and and Frederick. You know, they're they're probably like in the top one percent of beautiful women on the planet to right, begin right. with. So, I mean, you so, can't throw a Penelope Cruz in here, and you know, I mean, come <laughs> on, dude. Like, <laughs> like, where is that photo? Where is it? Yeah, there she is. I mean. It's Penelope Cruz. She's probably going to look great when she's ninety. Yes. Who is who is the one? Who is the one from the? She always reminds me of the Italian actress from the sixties, um, Sophia, Sophia Vergara. Right? No, that's, oh, oh, that's Vergara, Vergara. Sophia. Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Was yeah. you know a model turned actress? You know, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And 
Yeah. I mean, she's she's still gorgeous. Well, I don't know. I don't know now. The last time I saw her is probably grumpier old men. I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> she was she's still a fox then too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I love it, this this new, especially as I get older, that this the the perception of beauty is not necessarily the realm of the youth anymore, mm. right? Mm. It's the spectrum is larger. It's yeah. wider mm. what what yeah. we consider beautiful. And uh yeah, I think like you were saying Martin, I think the photographer did a fantastic job. The body of work is is awesome. Mm. I just, you know, I just have to call into question that whole unrealistic expectation or perceptions of beauty. Yeah. Thing. Uh, that that's a bit that's hype. Yeah. Yeah, it is hype. Yep. All right, guys, uh, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Microsoft and how some photographers are jumping ship from Apple for the big M. Have you ever wanted to go on a photo adventure in and around the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico? Well, come join me and Federico Chiele for an unforgettable adventure. The Yucatan Peninsula is in southeastern Mexico, and it separates the Caribbean Sea from the Gulf of Mexico. Our adventure will take us to see ancient pyramids, pink flamingos, crystal clear cenotes. Those are mysterious, giant, freshwater, underground holes. And we'll also be shooting and having amazing meals in charming historic town centers surrounded by authentic local culture. Yucatan blends ancient Maya and Aztec culture with the stunning architecture of the Spanish colonial period. We'll be staying in Izamal, known as the city of three cultures, pre-Hispanic, colonial, and modern. Izamal is a visual feast. Nearly every structure is painted egg yolk yellow, providing a thoroughly unique aesthetic for your camera. So the details. We're heading down February 11th through February 18th, 2017, and we're only taking 10 people. And I'd love for you to join us. You can get all the details and sign up now at twipwanderlust.com. That's twipwanderlust.com. All right, guys, we are back. So Microsoft, this is a story that uh, that Bruce played in here from Blair Bunting Photographer. So Blair uh, Photography. So Blair Bunting, he wrote a post listing essentially seven reasons why creatives might find themselves jumping from Apple to Microsoft. And on a recent episode of Twip, I kind of hinted in that direction. I'm not moving, but looking at their new Surface Pro computer all-in-one, mm-hmm. their iMac mm-hmm. kind of yeah, intro, their, their iMac that killing. thing is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. It is It is beautiful. It is a beautiful computer. Not that I would use it. I went in. A, I was actually in the mall earlier today, and I went in the Microsoft store. And, um, you know, I don't see me using a stylus. I mean, I'm not mm. that. Maybe Renee Robin or those kind right. of ilk of artists that do that compositing stuff might do that. But I had an iPad, I have an iPad pro and the pencil and I can count on one pencil. How many times I've used the pencil. <laughs> well, that's the case. I might, I might have to pick that up off your hands. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm serious. And that's, but you know, it's interesting. And, and Martin, I want to start with you. Cause I know you just made a purchase. So you're firmly, <laughs> We're all most for the most part, Jose. I think you're in that Apple camp too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we're all firmly. And I want to preface this with like I would I would consider myself. I don't know if I consider myself a fanboy, but I'm definitely a. I, I'm definitely marinating in the Kool Aid because I have <laughs> I have iMac, I have Apple TVs here, I've got the phone, I've got tablets. I mean, I'm in the ecosystem. I'm using Apple Music, I buy movies on iTunes, so I'm in the ecosystem. It would be more painful 
for me to switch to another system, no matter how awesome it was right now, because of the glue. And that the glue is the software and the, or is the, is the apps and the software and the content. But Martin, you just bought a new toy over yeah, there. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're not planning on jumping to Microsoft anytime soon, right? No, no, no. Um, you know, I, I read through the article. Um, does anyone know if Blair's a guy or a gal? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I so thought Blair was a guy, just, but it is a very think, unisex name. Yeah. It's unisex. So either way, you know, Blair sort of streams out a load of things that I, I you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with. But, you know, I haven't tried. It, it talks, he or she talks about 100 megapixel files on mm-hmm. Apple laptops. I haven't tried to edit 100 megapixel files so i can't state state anything from experience but i i use 50 megapixel files all the time and they they display in less than a second and i can edit them with without any problems yeah. um so for me the the macbook pros that i i've just i've not replaced it i've just bought a 13 inch macbook pro um but my three-year-old um, MacBook Pro, the 15-inch, is it still works perfectly fine. There's there's nothing wrong with it. And one of the arguments that Blair talks about is how they become slower with each um, each revision of the of the Mac OS. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's only the case if you really scrimp on the specs. Yeah. And I max the specs out every time. It makes them really expensive for sure, but. If you buy a beefy enough machine, then you get many years out of these things. Um, and so there's, I think that there's a certain amount of emotion behind the, it, you know, Blair's decided that he's gonna, he or she's going to move to the Windows camp and he's just trying to make, find reasons for that. Yeah, um, or, yeah. And, and I, I think that, it, honestly, whether you want to use Apple or Microsoft or Canon or Nikon or Sony, it's the same argument. You can do what we want to do with all of these tools, yeah. and it's just a personal preference. I, I these choose, days it is. It used it is. to be. It used to be. It used to be that you know Apple was or uh, the Apple Mac OS was more stable and less prone to viruses. And mm. you know, back in the day, in the old days, on Windows, you'd have to like. You know, over time, your whatever file would get corrupted, and you'd have to defrag your hard drive and yeah. all this other crazy stuff just to keep. You had to do like maintenance just to keep your machine going and working faster. Those days are gone mm. for the most part. I think we're on parity now mm. with you know, depending on the perspective that you look at the operating system, some like some things on Microsoft are better than on Apple and vice versa. Yeah. So like you said, Martin, it's it's a it's a matter these days it's a matter of personal taste. And I think, yeah, you're you hit it right on the head with this article. I think Blair, he or she uh, might a, he's be a guy, self-justifying. He's a guy, by the way. It's like he's a guy okay, so Blair, he's maybe self justifying mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. his desire to move or right. You know, Blair may be trying to convince his wife that he did the right thing, <laughs> spending all that money. You know, you know, that's that's what's behind a lot of gear arguments. It's it's emotion. And Wives. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, no, I thought no, you were no, going to say sorry. explaining it to your wife. <laughs> no, um, a lot of my audience just blame me. I, you know, I, I, they always say, oh, "Martin Martin Bailey said that I need this." So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I, I think that the the thing is, is. People generally, they, they, they need something or they've bought something and they, they're not totally happy with what they've got and they need to sort of 
figure it's almost like an ego bolstering sort of thing you know that if i've got the if i'm going to tell you that your gear is crap so that it makes me feel better about mine which i'm not totally happy with but you know what i'm totally happy with the gear that i use both the computers and the the cameras and so i don't feel the need to go out and tell everyone else what they need it's just you know what i call it martin what it's digital stockholm syndrome that's what it is. It's digital <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You buy into some gear where there's right. Nikon, Canon, Panasonic, Fuji, Sony, whatever, yeah. Mac, you know, Windows, whatever, and suddenly it's the best thing in the world. My brother has this that mm. that affliction in spades. Whatever he has is the best thing ever, and whatever you have is crap. Mm. (laughs) it's like that and that's how photographers are you have to justify what you own like you know i i shoot panasonic therefore hey mirrorless is better than everything Mm. right once you have a you you only have a hammer everything looks like a nail so of course (laughs) you know jose what what do you think about this you think photographers are are migrating en masse to the windows platform nah i i think it's the same kind of try argument we have all the time right like you said it it's it's nikon canon it's you know DSLR mirrorless. It's right. It's it's mm. always something. And I haven't. You mentioned something earlier about how you don't use the stylus as much. And what's interesting is I actually my first laptop I remember was an HP. I forget what the model was, but it was one of the first ones that the screen flipped around and folded over, and you could turn it into an, a tablet. Yeah. And yeah. it had a stylus yeah. that like came out near the keyboard, and I was like, oh. Now, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was a, a an artist, and she would use it sometimes. But I, like you said, I'd never really used it because I didn't like drawing on the surface. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, I got a Wacom, and and I like that how the fact that it was um, separated, right? It's like my hands down here, but I'm looking right here at the screen, and I you like that? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I, I never could get into the Cintiqs and all those kind of stuff, so I just want to throw it out there. But, um. You know, and actually, that was the last time I think I owned uh, a Mac or a, an Apple, uh, Jesus, a PC um, mm-hmm. was probably in 2004, around there. So, like you said, yeah. I remember those crappy days. I remembered formatting my hard drive at least three times a year, and I didn't have a lot of stuff on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, having backups of backups of backups just because I knew <laughs> something was going to happen. Yeah, and, totally. It was part of the, it was part of the deal. You right. Gotta, you know, right. first, the first question someone would ask you, Hey, my computer's going slow. What should I do? Have you defragged your hard drive? Yeah. You or know? burn it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and it's, it's sad. You know what I mean? It's sad yeah. because that I think maybe turned people off for a long time and Apple just took way advantage of that. And you know, now it's a I hard, yeah, it's a hard argument to switch someone back. Right. Cause you just said it. Now you're all in. You know, you said it. I yeah. have a, I have a MacBook Air. I have I had a MacBook Pro. I have an iMac. I have an Apple TV that me and the kids use, and me and my girlfriend have iPhones. We have an iPad. The kids have iPad Minis. You're in, like, man. You are in. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And <laughs> and it's like at that point, like you said, what's the justification? And there really shouldn't yeah, I mean, be if, any. If you live on Earth, if you live on Earth, of course it sucks on Mars, right? You're like, <laughs> I'm not. Come on, it's right here. I right. got everything I need. I'm not going over there. Oh, but one one point I do want to make, and mm-hmm. this has been like a just like a, a an irritant about how people discuss this space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say it's Mac versus PC, Mac versus PC. 
they're all PCs. Personal computer. They're all personal computers. We're talking about the Mac OS versus Windows, yeah. not Mac versus PC. That's like saying Mac versus, you know, it, they're all PCs. It's right. a personal computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I work um, on a PC all day. It just happens to run but, the Mac operating system. <laughs> oh, well, that, well, yeah, some would argue, oh, you have a Hackintosh? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, one thing, one thing for sure, I mean, I don't think anyone said it. And let's just put, let's just be real here it's you know the blair is an advertising photographer right and what do most mm-hmm. advertising photographers know hey more people see my work you know what i mean like that's going to equate to more people whatever yeah. and i feel like yeah. everyone does it you pick a hot button issue you make an article about it and suddenly you get tons of hits on your website maybe you, you I know what i mean like so can I can I somehow merge the the Mac versus Windows and the incorrect perception of beauty argument together? You know what? And then throw in <laughs> throw in drones at that yeah, right at the end. Oh, throw in a part about drones. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're we're getting so much bad hate mail about how much drone coverage we've done on Twip is not even funny. Really? So, oh so let's so let's move, let's move away from that then. <laughs> yes, let's move away. No more mentioning the D word. For Ooh. at least uh, a week on <laughs> Nice. But it was, you know, granted, just, I'm not going to go into it, but granted, the company that makes those things that start with D, like for three weeks, they were releasing new stuff mm-hmm. every week. So yeah, we had yeah. to talk about it. So yeah. I'm not going to like ignore it because, you know, right. it's, it's news. It's called This Week in Photography. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting. I'm I'm excited about just the whole Microsoft versus Apple thing. I don't even think that's a thing anymore. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a tool. It's like saying, yeah. "Hey, my 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 whatever GE oven is better than your you know Panasonic right. oven." Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I mean that, it's an yeah. oven. Who cares? That it's, was my what thing. You, what are you cooking on? It? Right. You know. You said it. I mean, I've never. That's why it's funny when I when I started writing for F Stoppers. The first thing I told them was, I just want to do original content. I'm not doing bag reviews and gear reviews. And if you're cool with that, you know, fine. And yeah. they were they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. And because that was the thing. I've never, like you just said, I never cared. I got tons of nice stuff, yeah. you know, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. I know my gear. I know how to use it. But like you said, I'm not going to put something out there that means this is my opinion this is why I own this, and this is why you should own it. And I'm like, because yeah. to me, it's you said it. Anyone, anything that someone had, when we talked about it, I was like, cool. You like it? You do? Sweet, awesome. End of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I have what yeah, I have. Well, we, I like you and, it. You have what you have. You know. Well, Jose, you and I talked a while back. I think it was earlier this year or late last year. We were talking about how we want to do this discussion about sponsorship kind of things and <laughs> and right. and how that might in some cases not you martin but how that might in some cases taint <laughs> photographers who are just talking about things right. that are competing and maybe in some cases better you know because mm-hmm. they're hamstrung to talk about this stuff but we have martin on the show we can talk about this so yeah so <laughs> i think this whole the whole space is interesting i think there if you it, having done twip for so long you start seeing patterns in the chaos and you know, I'm generalizing, but the 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 world of photography, advanced amateur photographers, and I put myself in that bucket. The world of advanced amateur photographers sort of self segments into people that are just kind of starting and they're hungry for knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the natural reaction is to look at people that are doing work that you admire 
and try to pattern them and patterning mm-hmm. patterning them means get what they got. So at least mm-hmm. you have the right stuff. I mean, you may not have the talent yet, but at least you have the right tools. Right. To you do have what one thing doing. covered. Yeah. You have, yeah, one, you you have, have one thing covered. You think you and have the, and the, half the battle, but not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the battle. And the camera manufacturers, of course, seize on that. And they're like, okay, well, let's get people that, that are thought leaders in that space and get them to use our stuff and (laughs) do the Pied Piper thing. Right. So there's those people. And then the other group are the people that are, that are, uh, on the, you know, the, the other pros, they don't really care about any of that stuff. They're just shooting, you know, and like Martin, for example, Martin, you're just out there lean workshops and shooting and having a good time and making great art and printing and rinse and repeat. Right. So there are those people. So it's like, yeah, but you don't you can't see the line if you're just coming in. Mm-hmm. You don't see the line between the group A and group B. Or you so, f- or one thing yeah. to note, which you know to me is always uh, I've been I've been like I don't like it, but is like you said the the half the time the only thing you hear is the person yelling the loudest, right? So you just yeah. said it. Yeah, the people like Martin in the B camp, a lot of people don't know about them because they just aren't everywhere and in your face. But the people in the A yeah. camp, that's the whole point. That's why they're doing it. They're in your face. They're, you know, they're doing this. They're at these expos. They're giving all this kind of stuff. And and to an extent, hey, if you're gonna make a living off your camera, it's kind of like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of can see the. And there's the, nothing. I'm not slamming right. those people. There's nothing wrong with that. I think because yeah. because the information has to get out there. Like if you're sponsored by, I don't know, like Ellen Crom or somebody like mm-hmm. that, you know, then. It's it's reasonable to think that you want to hire you want people that use your stuff or get people to use your stuff to show how awesome it is. So right. I get that, you know, but there's there's like that line in there between the Pied Piper and mm-hmm. David no, I, I think I don't know. <laughs> I think I think you said it. It's uh, there's there's definitely an element of like I don't want to say fakeness, but the those people you can definitely tell right when they're not yeah, yeah, genuine yeah. or yeah. authentic. Um, yep, so yep. to me, like, it's just we won't say any names of people that will just wholesale switch from one yeah. camera system after talking about it for a decade, mm-hmm. saying this is the best camera system on the planet. And I use it for everything. I ads all over my site. And then when that contract ends, it's this other camera <laughs> system. <laughs> old, and, wait, old and busted, new hotness. <laughs> old exactly. and busted. New hotness. I mean, New hotness, it, it reminds yeah. me uh, again, not to name names, but there was a photographer who was pretty prolific, and we were having a conversation, and and the, the we kind of got on this topic, and you know, I agree. To me, like when you hear in like say the where you are, right, Silicon Valley, you hear people nowadays build an app and then they sell it, right? Like Casey Neistat is a good example. It's pretty relevant right now, well, where he sold yeah. his Beam app to CNN. Right, CNN, yeah. and it's not an exorbitant amount of money. It's not billions, not hundreds of millions. But if you think about it, people are calling him a sellout, and it's like in reality, he built something out of nothing and then sold it. Isn't that everyone's intentions in real? Like when we really kind of boil yeah. it down, so yeah, that, he, gets, that just gets under my skin. When yeah, people say that, you know, it's like you know, because it's like, but then, it, like you said, <sighs> you you t- like for instance, like your career, you sell photographs to then be able to buy more gear to then extend your career, right? Or whatever in that kind of sense. Yeah. So wouldn't that be the same thing? No one's selling something and then ending up on a yacht or an island. They're just selling something right, right. to then 
Hey, I haven't sold hey, Twip yet, so right to then to then go to the next thing. You know what I mean? There might be an island in my future. Yeah, I mean, look, look, Elon Musk. When when Facebook, everyone knows the story. When Facebook uh, went public, all this stuff, dude had you know millions of dollars, maybe billions even, and the next month he couldn't make rent. Yeah, it was like because yeah. he dumped it all into Tesla and and you know the energy yeah. companies. So, it, you know that that that's a great entrepreneurial mindset. You know what I mean? And this yep. photographer said something to the effect of, uh, "What was it? If you want to make a, what was it? If you want to make a living, sell your photography. If you want to make a career, you sell to other photographers." Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Okay. And I was yes. like, yeah. "Huh? I, I get it." You know? And yeah. but then again, yeah. I, I see exactly that. You know that was that shift. photographer P.T. Barnum. I think it was P.T. <laughs> Barnum. <right? laughs> no. Well, well, that's a good segue into uh, the story number three, which is phase one. And I want to talk about phase one because I know several people that use phase one gear and capture one software, and it's like it's been. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it's been like this awesome piece of software that not a whole lot of people know about. And I think not a whole lot of people know about it because they make assumptions that, well, I don't shoot that expensive medium format stuff, so I can't use Capture One. I'm Lightroom and Photoshop are for me. Martin, you have mm. intimate experience with Capture One software yeah. and you yeah. don't shoot with Capture One hardware to my knowledge, right? Nah, nah. So yeah, what's the so, deal? Well, earlier this year, um, for many years, I've Capture One has been on my radar and I, I picked it up, I think, back in f- version five, four or five, gave it a try. It wasn't very intuitive. And then I, I tried again in seven and it was getting good. But there was still a bit of a learning curve to actually switch over. Um, I, I, and the other thing is I was really, really happy with Lightroom. Um, but then in July, June or July this year, I decided to sit down and just I assigned to begin with, just a few hours. I thought, I'm, I've got a few hours. I'm going to sit and play with it and see if I can make it work. I grabbed like 50 of my favorite images, dropped them into a folder, and installed version 9 of Capture One and opened it up. And all of a sudden, I could see detail in some of my photographs that I'd never seen before. Lightroom had never really? showed exactly. I mean, I, I was blown away and I thought, okay, hang on, there's something here. So I dug deeper, and by the end of the afternoon, I was thinking, I'm going to switch. And I, I did. I, I switched over, and I haven't used Lightroom other than to go in and check, check on certain things um, for the last six months. And I did all of my Greenland work and Iceland work, pretty much everything, not pretty much everything I'm doing now. Um, Capture One is, is my main, it's become my asset management as well as my, my raw processing program. Now, so, so that was my question. <clears throat> so it has replaced Lightroom for you. Yes. Yeah. Both on the digital asset management side and yeah. the raw processing side. So you don't, yeah. you don't need Lightroom for anything. I, I don't use Lightroom for anything now. Um, the, I've, got to, I've got to mention that, you know, it's, it's not as smooth. In some ways, there are things that Lightroom definitely does better. Um, but the image, image quality is so much better with... Uh, capture one that wow. you can I can live with the the things that it doesn't do quite as well printing is not as intuitive you 
You don't, you can't print, you can print pretty nice, you know, pretty well out of Capture One. Um, but Lightroom's works a little bit better in that respect. There are other things like you can't select a, a top level folder. Like I have all of my images in year, uh, month and day folders. And I can't select 2016 and see every photograph that I've shot in 2016. I have to drill down to the day folder. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can actually, I can select all images and see them all, but you can't do it from the folders. So I can't just go to November and things like that. So yeah. there are things that Lightroom definitely does better, but Capture One, you know, as we mentioned, you know, this story they've just released Capture One Ten, and I've been working with the beta and, you know, providing feedback. I think it's, I mean, it's it's not there aren't any any specific features that are going to blow people away i don't think but it's become a a bit faster um there are some cool things there's like there's now uh some spectacles in the toolbar um that that will show the proof you can until now you could always you could set up capture one so that it always used the profile that you've got selected in your output settings um so you were basically always in um soft proofing mode now you can set it so that it doesn't do that, but then you can click on these spectacles and it'll show you what the image is going to look like with your, with your selected profile. Um, on the negative wow. side, it still doesn't have any uh, gamut warnings. You know, so if you're going to print and the, the profile and the printer that you are going to print to doesn't have the ability to print a certain color, there's no warning. It will, it will look off on the on the um on the display you know on your monitor so you can tell but there's there's still a few things that i'd love them to add and i've i've fed this back to the phase one team um but it's it's good it's good enough at doing what it does for me now, that Mark, I does just it, is it is it um does it create a proprietary database or does it does it replicate a folder hierarchy from your from your hard drive a lot of this stuff um the majority of the information that it has are in a proprietary database it only stores generic things like keywords um and uh star ratings things like that you can mm-hmm. set it up so that it puts them in the xmp file but a lot of the uh the settings and the adjustments go into a proprietary database that's another thing that i don't necessarily like i i used to enjoy the fact that lightroom would just save all of that into the xmp if you told it to mm-hmm. so but again that's one of the things that i'm living with because I've fallen in love with the program. What do you What are you missing out of Lightroom? Like, from what do you miss that Lightroom had that Capture One is lacking in? Off the top of my head, I I miss Lightroom Mobile. I, I miss being able to just throw something into a, a a catalog and say sync this on all of my devices, um, because that that's one of the ways that I used to use uh, to show my portfolio or just to share work with people easily. I miss yeah. that. I I miss the better control over the print templates. Um, I miss the uh, gamut warnings for printing and soft proofing. Um, like I say, I I miss the the ability to select just a month and see all of the fo- all of the images yeah, from that sorting. month. Yeah. But uh, but there there are some things in that in that area. You know, like there are some very very powerful filter features in Capture One, and a lot of it is more about getting used to how to do it in capture one they're not trying to replicate lightroom they're trying yeah yeah, they're trying to provide professional tools and in the most part they've done that i think that they're 
there's areas that they can still improve for sure. Yeah. Um, That's why they call it software. It's soft. Right, right. right. But, yeah. but they're doing a great job. Um, they've, yeah. I, I really like these. There's a few things like the output proofing in version 10. Um, they've got the one thing that's really, really exciting, but I've not been able to fully test it yet, um, is that they, they now support um, removal of diffraction, the effects of diffraction in lenses. Mm. And that's big because... What about lens correction for distortion and stuff like Lightroom does? They've got that. They're not very quick at updating the, uh, the profiles. There's, uh-huh. There are some lenses that have been out for a while that still aren't in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got profile correction. Um, the, but the, the uh, diffraction correction... Canon, a number of years ago, released something in their digital photo professional called, I think, the, the Digital Lens Optimizer... And I, I was actually showed this at Canon at their HQ once um, under NDA, um, but I was, uh, you know, it, it later came out, so I can talk about it now. Um, but the, the digital lens optimizer, basically, because Canon know exactly how all of their lenses are designed, they can reverse engineer the light through each element of the lens and get rid of diffraction. And for pe- just for people that don't figure it, that haven't heard about this. What diffraction is, it's when you push light through a very small hole. So in the, in the case of photography, uh, through a very small aperture like f16 or smaller, the light spreads out, it blooms on the other side of the hole and it makes the whole image softer. So we're used to the fact that you can, um, you can stop down your aperture to smaller apertures like f16, f22 um, to get more depth of field, more of the image in focus. But once you get much down past f16 everything gets softer because of diffraction. So if you can reverse engineer the path of the light through the elements of the lens and actually figure out why it got diffracted and, re- and correct that, that's a big thing. And that's what the digital lens optimizer did. And it works really well. Now, like I say, I haven't, I haven't checked the real effects on a very small aperture photograph in Capture One yet. But this, if this works as well as the digital lens optimizer does, this is great because I, I would never use digital photo professional from Canon to to work on my images. The only time I used that software was when I had to go down to like F22 and I needed to remove the diffraction. So other than that, they needed to get this technology in the hands of other people. I don't know if they've actually allowed Capture or Phase 1 to use this in Capture 1, uh, but if it works as well as as that, then this is this is a big feature just in itself. I'm I'm curious how this is going to do cuz the you know, the Adobe Adobe made kind of the power move with the Creative Cloud subscription model, right? So now mm. people are kind of it's kind of like flypaper. They're kind of like stuck in there, like, well, if I have Lightroom, they're given to, I might as well use it, you know. Mm. Um, and then Capture One, which may be it may be a superior alternative, but it's three hundred bucks, mm. right? So, but it's a one time fee of three hundred bucks. So yeah. you can and, and they they do have a subscription model as well. Um, well, they do. Okay, yeah. So you can do you can do either, um, but one thing that I learned this week, someone on my commented on my blog, so a person that lives in Namibia cannot um, get the the Creative Cloud, and they call. I said, why don't you just you know? They said I've tried everything. I said, why don't you just call Adobe support? And they said I did, and they just said it's not supported in my country. So people, if you live in Namibia, you cannot get. See, a, that, I don't understand that. Like a bit exactly. is a bit. Is a bit. Like right. if you have a computer, they make the software that runs on that, com- you know. Right. So clearly, so, I'm ignorant of licensing and all that stuff. But yeah, 
So, I mean, Adobe, if they're going to move to a, to a model like... I, I support the Creative Cloud, and I'm, st- I'm going to keep my Creative Cloud subscription. I, was I, use, ask you that. Yeah. I use Photoshop, I use InDesign, I use um, Audition, I use mm-hmm. um, Premiere Pro. I use a lot of that. So I'm not going to get rid of my Creative Cloud. But they, when hearing things like that, that dis- that's disappointing because, yeah. you know, the, if you're going to move to a model like the Creative Cloud, you've got to make it available to everyone. It's, you and can't. Adobe's, in Adobe's defense, who knows what the, you know, the legal wranglings are around selling subscription software in that, com- that country. So maybe that maybe. has hamstrung them. And maybe mm. it's on their rollout, rollout map. You know, mm. like Apple says, hey, iPhone is now supported in all these countries now. Maybe mm. we'll see that. But, you know. Who knows? You know, Who knows? I, I hate it when com- when companies do things like that. But, I yeah, I mean, I understand. I can see that there's probably something like that in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm used to waiting. Living in Japan, I've, I've only just got Spotify. Everyone's been raving about Spotify for years. I'm like, oh, yeah. We've yes. moved on from that party, Martin. You're, you're <laughs> now- <laughs> now, every, everyone, everyone else is, I mean, maybe, maybe that's, the, that's hey, the case. I still use it. I, I still use it. I'm on it's just, just the fact that it. you have to put the still on there. See, yeah. <laughs> we've only just got it, so yeah. I understand. I, that. Ha- I still have my Spotify subscription, um, mm. but I, for the most part, I'm using Apple Music now because it's. I've I've just got I've just cancelled my Apple Music um, subscription. That's one yeah. thing. I mean, that's the Kool Aid has not got me on the music side, yeah. um, because I tell you why. There was twice just before a trip where I've been going abroad and I want to make sure I've got everything that I, all of my music that I want to listen to downloaded to my iPhone, I check and it's all been deleted. Like oh, all yeah, of my I've heard that is, from other people too. All of my music was gone from my iPhone. And so and I've heard, I had to I heard, sit I've heard horror stories about, like like much with your Namibia um, uh, issue with the software from Adobe, I've heard people say that licensing restrictions have prevented them from listening to music in in whatever country that they've been in like mm. they're in they're in canada you know mm. and you spend all your time setting up your playlist or whatever and then you go to some place in europe and licensing changes your mm. playlists change yeah <laughs> so yeah. well I, I, that could suck that could I, really suck yeah. i don't know how well spotify is doing on this but the guy that i travel with um in in iceland tim Folmer, he mm. he is he swore he swore by Spotify and he's he travels all around the world and he didn't mention any problems with not being able to get stuff in various countries. So cool. I think it's based on your original subscription address. So now mm. we've got it in Japan. I'm I'm on board. So uh, I'm I'm happy with that. So what what have you moved on to from Spot? Oh, so yeah, Apple Music was what you yeah, moved I'm, on to. And, and I'll tell you, and I still have both. I mean, the heat. <laughs> Listen, you're going to laugh. So these are the music services I'm currently subscribed to. So Apple Music, Spotify. I'm on YouTube Red because I hate YouTube commercials. So I get Google Music or or YouTube Music. So I have that. I have an Amazon Prime subscription. So I have Amazon Music. Yeah, that's right. I've got music everywhere. But Mm. the main reason I I gravitate towards Apple Music is because of the playlist. So now I have playlists on my phone, and if I add a song or whatever, it shows up on my Apple TV, mm. and it's on my iPad, and I can play it through the stereo in the living room or in the bedroom. Mm. It's just, you know, much like my play- my podcast, everything is always the same no matter what device I'm sitting at. Mm. So that's, that's the main reason. I've been, um, without talk- turning this into This Week in Music, I... Um, <laughs> 
I, I've been doing the same. I've really been enjoying um, the playlist in Spotify. Um, yeah. but, and the recommendations, the thing about Spotify that I really like is the way it makes really good recommendations based on the music that you're listening to. And you yeah. can see what all of your friends are listening to. So yeah, The just, social aspect's nice. Shared playlists are the yeah. killer, man. I yeah. love shared playlists because yeah. it's like keeps, it keeps me hip. <laughs> you know, because all my nephews and, and cousins and all them are, I'm yeah. like subscribed to their playlists. Yeah. So now I appear like I have good music taste. <laughs> hey, hey, ch- check out check out my MB favorites. That that's like that's got stuff from the last 30, 30 40 MB years. MB favorites. Okay, yeah, that's that's a. I've actually I'm quite pretty proud of my main playlist. So. <laughs> all right, let me. Nice. All right, I, I got to make sure I write that down. Right, I'm in podcasting handwriting mode i can't read what i write half the time dr scratch yeah totally totally well before we leave phase one jose do you you have any experience with phase one well it's funny you mentioned um two things that oddly enough were a big part of my first job so my first job out of college while i was in grad school was at a high-end studio and in the high-end studio uh i found out about wacom tablets uh, mm-hmm. At the time, I, I had, you know, some decent gear and I was shooting some, you know, some glamour stuff and making a little bit of money. Um, but I was the same as you guys. I was just on like Photoshop. And I think at the time, Bridge and Photoshop, that was it. I wasn't even to Lightroom then. And when I got this job, one of the big things I, I liked about it was that it was all amazing gear. So it was and this is going back. Mm-hmm. So it was like a Canon 1DS Mark II, all L glass. Um, whole sick wall studio, all bronze color lighting. Um, you know, we, yeah. And, and we had all Wacom tablets on nice computers with, um, what is the, uh, I'm already forgetting the, the super nice monitors, um, that are. Hazel. Yeah. 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 That, that are like, it's still, you know, insanely priced, but I mean, with rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And I got to use all that stuff. So one of the first things was I, that was my first foray into capture one. And it was funny. One of the funniest quirks I remember was that we would shoot, especially when you're starting out, we would shoot probably three to 400 shot sessions. And these are 45 minute sessions. And usually can, you'd probably get anywhere from eight to 10 in a day. And we would then have to call that session into 25 to 35 photos. So we would have to, you were supposed to clear your trash can every day before you left. Like most people who are shooting a bunch of sessions, cleaning up dog pee and baby puke and (laughs) running in and editing shows. It doesn't happen. So every time someone would complain, oh man, capture one's working really slow for me. Have you emptied your trash? And there would be like 80 gigs of just thrown away raw <laughs> files in there. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to hinder performance. And uh, and it would always yeah. cause the crash. But, I mean, like you said, it, that was Jesus. That was uh, 10, year, um, yeah, 10 years ago. So <clears throat> it was the same thing where it wasn't my favorite program, you know, but I've been kind of checking in on it like you at Martin every once in a while. And being like, hey, it's getting a lot better. It's getting a lot better. Um, and for me, it's just I haven't really honestly been processing a whole a lot enough lately to even justify making the switch. But one thing I want to ask yeah. you was you said you, you've made it replace your archival software or mm. I should say management. Mm. Um, were you able to like transfer stuff from Lightroom with tags and keywords? You had to start all over again. 
No, they they uh, there's a path. They you can select import from Lightroom, and mm -hmm. what you do is you take your Lightroom catalog and just export the catalog without the images, and then oh, you can okay. when you import that, it it take it gets all of your keywords and star ratings and a certain amount of the adjustments exposure. Nice. Um, okay, things like cool. that. It yeah. brings a certain amount in. Yeah, yeah. nice. So that's you good. Can, probably not, you can not any any localized adjustments that you right. made. Don't right. make it over, right? Yeah. Local, all of the local adjustments and things like that are lost. Even like spot removal stuff like that's mm -hmm. lost as well. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a time investment. But what I'm finding is is that I'm going back and whenever I I'm trying not to jump back into Lightroom to grab an image. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So when I need something to for a magazine article or to, or to share with someone, I'm going back through my uh, my archives in Capture One and just checking for dust again and just removing right. any additional dust. Um, it takes it takes a bit of time. There, there's a time investment. Yeah. There's a time investment on the the learning curve as well because it's in many ways once you know it, it's really intuitive. Mm -hmm. um, but but to begin with, you know, you will invest a certain amount of time if you move to Capture One. But but luckily for the listeners, I've put together a, a whole bunch of blog posts. That, oh, that cool! Because I need that. I was thinking about how am I going to learn about this stuff. Wait, well, you it, have something set up? I've yeah. I mean, I'll, I can. I'll, I've got a link that will just display all of the tutorials and and I've just put together a a a, a simple adjustment guide for the Phase One team that they've released as well. Nice. Um, but I've I've got all of this stuff on my blog. And it explains all of the process that I went through to jump ship and how I prepared to, to move to Capture One, um, all of the steps that you need to do. So I'll uh, I'll I'll put a link in the yeah, in our show notes that document. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to check definitely. that out. It, cool. For sure. That's good. You should have led with that, Mark. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like you said, not to make it this week in music, but one of the funniest things was at that time what we used to play music in the studio was Pandora. And again, this is oh, yeah. way, way... Oh, I still have a Pandora subscription as well. <laughs> so this is before ads, before anything. It was mm. really nice back then, as you can imagine. And yeah, and like yeah. you said, it was the same thing. It put me on to music I never would have guessed I liked based on yeah. what I was thumbs-upping and thumbs-downing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, And I remember that was the biggest thing I liked about it because as much as I love music, I am horribly behind... Uh, yeah, much like yeah, that's much the, like you. That's the biggest problem, right? I just use, I problem, just use my cause... friends' stuff. I have to tell my friends like yep. back when CDs were a thing. I used to tell my friends, "Hey, I want this music. What do you got? Burn me a couple CDs, and I'll just put it in my computer and and put it in my iTunes." Um, yep. LOL. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean nowadays, no, I just... I'm 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 aging myself. But back in eight the, tracks. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, eight tracks were pretty cool. Yeah, you had to go there. I mean, you I could see, I could see you being a Radio Rahim with the boombox. It was real to real, yeah. man. We had real to real back then. <laughs> radio Rahim, what's the matter with you? Yeah. Um, no, back in uh, at a tech company uh, that I used to work at will not be named. This was back in. This was back. Yeah, it will not be named because we had a server, and this is back when Napster was kind Ooh. of had just showed up. And, you know, everyone was dumping all their music on the server. And we had this, I would imagine the server was probably like what iTunes is right now. Yeah. So you go in there, and you, basically any music that you could possibly think of was there's a folder of that artist and all of the music that that artist made. So Nice. 
of course, I never copied anything off of that. Of course oh, not. What's, what's Napster? I never heard of this. It was there. Yeah, what is this yeah, Napster? <laughs> but now I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm subs- now I'm making up for it because I'm subscribed to like twelve <laughs> services. <laughs> well, you know I I, I knew it was guilt. Similar in my old, <laughs> we, we had yeah. something similar in the company that I used to work for, and I ended up I I copied a few albums back when probably it was two thousand or something like that. But I, I ended up becoming a fan of those artists and went out yeah. and bought more CDs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and... Or rediscovering cases, artists. Right, right. right. And in some cases, I I bought the um, the CD that I pirated in the first place. <laughs> so I think, you know, there, there's, definitely, there's definitely something to be said for that. But I never I got mean, into Napster. I, I, uh, oh, I man, couldn't... our whole office was people... Machines <laughs> would never go to sleep. Like, we would leave and their machines would be cranking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Because you had to download a million albums at once, which was so dumb. But you would always do it. And then you're like, oh, I got to let it run overnight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then while your Napster's running, obviously, everyone else is uploading from you. And that was the whole point of distributed based computing back in the day. Yeah. Crazy. Real quick, Martin made a a good comment that I want to say. That's the one thing I miss about music. There's no, I'll just say, pass along readership, right? He said it CDs physical books like i have i have books i still buy books but i i also have a kindle i like reading off of and honestly i kind of miss cds or any physical asset because i could literally give that to a friend now of course yes i can send people digital whatever but it's not the same you know what i mean and and it's you know yeah, I just miss it's it. It's over. It's over much like not taking your shoes off when you go through airport security. That was that's a past. <laughs> Those days are gone, man. Thank you, here. shoe bomber. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. have to do that yet. yet. It, yeah, it's... well, <laughs> give, it, give it some time, Martin. Give it some yeah. time. But Give but you we we do have those um, those raid that, what is it the uh, X ray machines that almost show you naked in some places but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah I, yeah last time I went through TSA and they made me go through one of those I'm like do I have to pay for this vasectomy <laughs> <laughs> nice like, no it's free it's free yeah. we're gonna nuke you. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on. Let's move into the listener Q&A segment. Today's question is pretty interesting. It's from um, a user. His name's David. He says, just wondering what you guys think of wrist straps as, as a method to use and stay ready. I'm a big fan of wrist straps. In fact, I use the, the Peak Design wrist straps with the quick disconnect. So I have, you know, the straps, the regular camera straps that I can put whatever camera I'm taking with me in quickly or disconnect it and put the wrist strap on it and rock and roll. Like if I'm doing like a day walking around, I don't, I don't know. It depends on the day, but I don't generally walk around with my camera on my side anymore. I usually keep it in my hand and hold it. What about you, Martin? What's your, your camera's bigger, obviously, but what, what do you, how do you manage it? You know, I, I generally just use the regular straps. I used to use a wrist strap um, way back in, what was it? It was with my D30. So not the 30D, the D30. Mm-hmm. So that was like 16 years ago. Um, but now if I need to free up my hands and I'm, I want to carry something around and I need it there really quickly, I, I often use the uh, the Black Rapid um, straps oh, that because yeah. then is that like a this... grip? That's like a grip, right? Well, no, it, it's it's a sling. Um, oh, it's I'm, a sling. I'm, try- okay. I'm on their website now, trying to find out the exact model. But 
Um, I use the double strap when I'm using two cameras, but that's that's sort of more for when I'm doing wildlife. Um, I think it's now called the um, the the Sport Left Breath. <laughs> what a stupid name for a product. <laughs> um, breath. Yeah, breath? Uh, or breathe, okay. breathe. It's, it's breathe. got an e on the breath. end. So that is that. Breath? So so what this this basically a strap is. Share, goes, share your screen. Let us see it. Um, let me just do that then. So here we go. Screen I'm make sure this is. You're gonna. Breathe, you're about to. You're about to collapse else. all the all the connection in Japan. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I know. That's right. Yeah, Martin's you know, sucking up all the bandwidth. It's, I've, I've got like a 360 megabits per second connection. I'm not going to have. Oh, good grief. Um, you know, you know if, right. I, if, I I don't choke, I if I don't <laughs> if I don't choke Backblaze, I can upload 72 gigabytes per day. So that's good it's pretty cool. Grief. Oh, so you got <laughs> um, one of the newer so ones. Is... I have one of the OG originals that has none of that, just a regular straight strap. Right, and then, so, these, so the, yeah. the cool the cool thing about this is because it's got this strap here that goes around your it goes under your other arm, it stops the strap from moving around. Um, and that I, looks like I a use, gun holster, man. You you yeah. do not walk through an airport with that thing on. It looks... <laughs> <laughs> so the good th- the cool thing about it is though, if you look at this screenshot, they they on the website. Um, the camera goes it's like it's slung underneath. So the handle and the grip just falls where your ha- where your palm is, mm-hmm. and you can zip it up. It moves up this belt really easily. Um, so it's it's easy. It's a good way to um, let me just uh, here we go. <laughs> There's Frederick looking back at you. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good it's a good way to to carry a camera if you want it there ready. But then the good thing about this is that you once you don't need it, you can just let let it go and it will it will fall back down by your side. That's a, um, that's a good point because I, I wonder for photographers like you, Martin, that you're leading workshops, you're doing landscape, and you're you're kind of running around town. Mm. I would think that your kind of photography is more considered in that you need to you don't necessarily need to have a camera at the ready unless you're maybe shooting you know wildlife or something. Right. I, would, I, I kind of picture you on a tripod most of the time, and so, do you even need a strap? Right. So that's the thing. I I, I do. Um, need to figure out how to stop sharing my screen. Here we go. Here I, go. I do um, when I'm doing landscape. I work. I, I work from a tripod a lot, and then I just keep the the cameras with the not a regular strap. Um, the the straps that I use are called Optech USA. Um, the cool thing about these straps is that they they come with a a clip, so I can take the the strap off. And the, the, one of the reasons I use that more than anything is because when I do use the camera with a, um, the Black Rapid, I can take the regular strap off, but it leaves these, these little um, like attachments in the strap holder. And because yeah. once I've taken the strap out, I can then loop the, the bits that are left through the base of the Black Rapid and clamp them together. So if the, if the, black, if the camera should come off the... Um, the black rapid holder for any reason it's not going to fall to the floor um and that's that's really important when i'm using longer lenses like uh 100 to 400 things like that because i put the the black rapid on the base of the um you know on the, the tripod the, shoe the, the tripod on, collar and rather mm-hmm. right uh, and to, once i do that there's nothing attaching the the lens 
And Canon cameras have a tendency, if you sling them upside down on, by the lens, the camera rotates and falls off the camera, off the lens. And in, that's not good. In that, badly. <laughs> that's happened to me in a Zodiac full of water in Antarctica, and it was not a good experience. Whoa. So I came back from that and, and straight away bought these Optech USA straps because it allows me to attach the body to the, to the, uh, the Black Rapid, it loop it through the Black Rapid strap. And that way, if it does fall off, it's not going to fall to the ground. So yeah, yeah, that's my well, that's cool. my. Well, we'll we'll give it. Make sure you put that link in the show notes, and we'll uh, we'll link over to that. Jose, what about you, man? Do you are you a strap guy? Or are you, you know a what, you a wrist strap? You guy? know what's funny? I've done it all. So uh, Martin yeah. mentioned Optech USA, and when I used to shoot club work, this is like when I was in grad school, actually. So when I, I worked at the studio, I went to school full time, then I worked at a uh, a nightclub on the weekends. And because of this was before Black Rapid, which I actually have now, but before then, um, it was an Optech USA that went around your hand, right? It was like soft Mm -hmm. and then it would snap around your wrist. So what the reason why I liked it was like you said, I would walk around and just pull my hand in my head, my face, you know, and take my Mm -hmm. and take a picture. But what I liked about it was imagine you're in a club, it's packed with people. I would put my arm up in the air. And just kind of like rest it and walk through a crowd of people without actually getting drinks spilled on it and all that kind of stuff. And that was why I liked it. Fast forward to now, um, I use a lot of what Martin uses. So when I shoot a lot now, it's event coverage. So it's two bodies and and I usually use the black rapid um that has the uh you know the two the two camera straps, kind of like little like you said, like a holster. And and yeah. I have them just sitting at the end. And like he said, it's it's very rare that I've ever had, especially shooting automotive and, and, you know, Grand Prix and stuff. I've ever needed it. And it just, I never missed a shot, you know? Cause it was like, like he said, yeah. it comes up very naturally and it slings right up the strap that I, I, I love them. Um, and what I actually like about it is really nice when walking through crowds now is you can actually put these little snaps like, uh, like I guess like stays, right. That you can slide them yeah. down and I can put them at the base of my back and, and, and snap them down. And now the cameras won't move from the, my back. So if I want to walk through a crowd and not worry about my cameras banging around, because like, usually they're on the sides, I can put them around my back and walk through a crowd, no problem. Um, so I, I've i used them a lot. But other than that, let me see if I'm – both my cameras aren't even here. But what's crazy now is yeah. if I'm not doing either of those things – I just hold it with no strap on it. And and it sometimes it, I see people watch me and go, You're joking. And I'm like, eh, no. I mean yeah, I just that's a little I just that's treat it like it's supposed to be treated, you know, if I'm not, you know, if I'm yeah. I'm if I'm not uh you know uh well, when it, when I when I was shooting Nikon I used to put the it was like I think it was actually from Nikon, but it was a a grip or a holder that, you know, you attach to the to the bottom of the camera and then to the to the right ring, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that's the right how, side that's, of how the the optic, that's how the optech that's how the was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your hand goes in there and just felt you know you cinch it up so that it fits your hand and it just felt like your camera's a part of you. You know, you whip it up, you shoot, and you you know it's like like a weapon. Um, and then I moved to smaller cameras and that's no longer possible <laughs> so, because the camera is not big enough. This is what I'm using right now. On I think I have a couple of these things. This is I, I mentioned this before. This is the uh, the peak design cuff mm. and it's it's just this little guy and these little these little connectors are on all of my cameras so 
depending on what I want to do that day, I can put a cuff on there or I can put a camera strap on there. And it just kind of looks like this. So, right? yeah, I have one of those. But what I quickly realized mm-hmm. was it's more, like you said, for smaller cameras. Um, it is, Because yeah. I put that on my D4. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Your D4 laughed at it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it held on, but it was just like my wrist. All of a sudden, my hand was purple and like pulsating oh, within two right. seconds. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> right. This is for much smaller cameras. Right, right, right. Yeah, but it's and yeah. this is what Peak, I did. Peak so design I thought, is amazing. I stuff. thought this was a joke because they have it. They have it on the side here. I'm kind of showing it because um, you can basically wrap it around your wrist and it becomes kind of a wristband. And I thought, like, why would I want to do that? But you'd want to do that when you want to have the option of having the wrist strap and having a regular camera strap. So if you're going out for the day and you want your camera hanging around your neck. And then that night you want to put it on the strap. You can just unhook it real quick and slap this thing on there, and you're you're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. No, I, yeah, I have it, I have found that really nice. Like you said, I've used it when I was shooting a wedding like a month ago, and I I used both right. So I had the mm-hmm. black rapid, and then I was like, eh, other times I'd take it off because there's some times when like if you want to go above a certain point, like above your head, it does kind of start hitting you. So I would take it off yeah. of that, and then put it up here and then i was like oh let me use that you know uh peak design cuff and it, like i said it worked but yeah. it was definitely more for smaller cameras for sure but the like you yeah. said the feature yeah. of what sold me a lot of friends and actually a lot of people <clears throat> in general is the quick you can swap it to whatever you want like you put those little dongles yeah. everywhere and you can just throw a camera on there so that's pretty neat done. Yeah, yeah that's pretty neat yeah they're on all my cameras all my cameras have those little things on there. So much like the Apple ecosystem kind of stuck in the <laughs> peak design ecosystem. You just, you just literally, you make it so that you, it's all just guilt. I'm it's just all a living. I'm just a living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 50, well, I find something that works and then I stick with it. That's Really? That's How my, about music uh, subscriptions? Well, they all work. So I'm sticking with all of them. <laughs> No, I am. I have a note on, in my wonder list to cancel all music subscriptions except for one winner. I just haven't determined who that winner is. And is that's that, by is the that end the of thing? the year. So I have a, right. I was going to say, month, you keep, a, you keep snoozing it. It's like me. I keep, I keep hitting it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But you know why? And, and I hate to keep digressing to this, but yeah. even yesterday, what was it? I was... Uh, Oh, I was I'm on this kick now. I'm building this playlist of instrumentals from like popular pop music and hip hop songs. The instrumental tracks sound ridiculously cool, right? So, I'm like finding all these instrumental tracks from all these different artists and Apple didn't have the like I was like what was one I was looking for? Oh, uh Happy from Pharrell Williams. You know that Happy song? So, I'm like I want I want the instrumental for that on my instrumental playlist and I couldn't find it on one service so i had to go to the other service so there it you know, is that's what's keeping me you know because yep. they don't have parody across their libraries yep it's right there in spotify found it in martin. <laughs> <laughs> martin bailey <laughs> I, we, could, we can play this for like 15 seconds and <laughs> for 15 seconds play. yeah and then the whole the whole show will be flagged and pulled down <laughs> especially since you're on the show martin because yeah, you're, like, you you're the flag magnet <laughs> yeah i'm probably the only person on the planet that pays for all of my licenses and i keep getting slapped with copyright notices i've never i you know i even used a copywritten song once and they they flagged it and said by the way you're this this uh video has been flagged but you don't need to do anything we're just gonna put a buy now button on there so like it 
it'll play the song, but overlaid on the song, you know, and yeah. people can actually go buy it. You know? you know, you know, the thing is, is once you get those notices um, and, and I don't want them to put ads on my on my I don't put ads on my videos because I would rather people have an unhindered viewing experience. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. But I also um, if you if you say I don't want to do that, the only option is to fight the claim. Um, yeah. And if you don't fight the claim, you can't even do hangouts on air because they, oh, they limit your account. They, they oh. do all sorts of things. So oh. I just honestly, I got sick of fighting this. So I just deleted all of my videos from YouTube. I, yeah. I only use I only use Vimeo now. So. Yeah, they, they, we need we need another YouTube and we need an alternative to you. And I say this as I'm living in their living room talking bad about them. <laughs> but we, we need, we, I mean, but, you know, for competition's sake. I know we have Vimeo, we've got Wistia, we've got, you know, these other also RANs. But we need another another giant gorilla like YouTube alternative to, to do the kind of stuff that YouTube's let, let us, you, let's you us know, do. I'd be happy if they just came up with a proper system to allow people to upload proof of having a license. They'd never done that. And they, you know, I fight these claims, and the moment they take the claim off, three or four other robots come along and slap the the claim back on. I was forever doing it. Drove me mad. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing because it's not that hard to file a claim, and people people have been abusing that because they they abuse the bureaucracy that and and kind of the lack of bandwidth that YouTube has mm. to police that stuff. Which means if Jose puts up a video that I just don't like for whatever reasons, maybe it's political, maybe it's some gear that I don't like or whatever, I can flag him and it mm. gets pulled you, down. You know, the, right? these ones, the ones I'm talking about, it's not people flagging it. It's that YouTube literally have a, have. Their or they, they allowed it's it's machines that are going through yeah. and listening to tracks and just matching them um by well there's by, two by different things where there's that you know when they hear when those algorithms hear copyrighted mm. music on your slideshows or whatever mm. yeah they will automatically flag it basically they're mm. using a similar technology that shazam, shazam and those yeah. Yeah, yeah those kind of algorithms use to listen mm. and, and and identify song usage but what i'm talking about is the other side when when mm. humans nefariously flag things mm. just for whatever nefarious purposes that they have to get it pulled down and then you have mm. to go do your michael jackson thriller dance to get it put back up right <laughs> so you know which doesn't always work because i can't do a thriller dance so <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know it's Brilliant. a mess it's the world we live in with cloud-based computing and these free quote free services mm. right? you know but, I, I would rather them just charge me uh, if yeah i would that, love to pay yeah yeah I, I don't. I wouldn't mind paying if they just leave me alone. But mm-hmm. the way the way they've got it, they've got no no system for proving that you've bought the, a license. They've got no way to pay to to stop them bugging you. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a bad yeah, system. Yeah, we've got we've got YouTube Red. Wouldn't it be great if they did YouTube Pro that right. let you give you all the stuff that we need as pros? Basically, like a Wistia kind of mm. thing. For, and, from, and I'm, Wistia I'm not, or Vimeo, kind of. I, I'm I'm not talking about giving paying for permission to copyright uh, to to pirate music. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just asking to be to to have the the best thing really would be even if I had to pay for it, just have a system to upload proof of purchase. That's yeah, all I need because right. I yeah. buy everything that I either buy or make the music myself. Yeah. So that's why you got two keyboards I'm, behind I'm you. Clean. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Martin, have you have you ever been flagged on a, on some music that you made? No, I know someone that has. Um, a friend of Martin mine Bailey over... has flagged your song, Martin Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, a friend of mine in, who lives in, uh, I think it's in San Francisco, uh, Forrest Tanaka, he said that he's been, he made some of music of his own and it was flagged. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> That's well, wild. That's well, wild. we we digressed, uh, David, from camera wrist straps. We hope I uh, hope that answered your question. We'll put a link to the ones that we use, or links to the ones that we use in the show notes, and you guys, or you can check them out. Um, we're going to take a quick, quick break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into this week's picks of the week. All right, guys, it's time for the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, you guys can recommend anything to the Twip Army as long as it is somehow related to. Photography, Martin. I'm gonna let you go first, man. What's your pick of the week? <laughs> so, Apple don't need any help with marketing. Um, no, they don't. They might do if Blair gets his way, but um, I I've just brought the bought the uh, the 13 inch MacBook Pro, Ugh. and I just wanted to give a shout out for the Touch Bar. Um, this thing, uh, you know, Apple. Everyone's saying, oh, since Steve Jobs died, they're not innovating. This is this is pretty innovative. I I like it a lot. Um, it's not supported by every application that I that I open uh, that I have still, but like I use like AirMail for my my email client. They've got really good support for the uh, for the Touch Bar. Um, one One Password have got uh, they've they've got the uh, the new fingerprint recognition. So I can now get into that. I can sign in with the, with the fingerprint recognition. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. So even photos, I use photos. Just you know, I mentioned earlier that I miss um, Lightroom Mobile. I, I've installed um, Photos, Apple Photos, and I'm just I'm sharing things around like that now. Um, yeah. And you go in there, I can look at an album of say my Greenland work. I mean, I I know that people won't be able to see this, but if I if I show my screen here quickly. Um, you can see that on the screen there's a little uh, a thumbnail bar of all of the images in this album, and I can just literally flick a oops. <laughs> I can just literally flick. <laughs> he broke a, flick his new MacBook Pro. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. live on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make a hole in that. No, it's <laughs> good. Um, I actually replaced a, uh, a my first MacBook Pro because I I gouged a big dent in the in the lid on walking downstairs on a moving ship on in antarctica so that was that was not a good thing to do um but yeah so the uh the 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 touch bar that's the that's what i wanted to say even if people are looking at the they're thinking of getting a new uh, macbook pro and there's the the non-touch bar option just pay the extra for the touch bar you won't regret it it really really cool and you can do a lot of you can do a lot of good things with it and your Martin, your the the Touch Bar has a Touch ID on it too, right? Yes, like your, your iPhone, so you can unlock your right, unlock your uh, your Mac with it. Although yep. I thought about that, I'm mm. like, yeah, that would be kind of cool to have that. But I have this guy, the Apple Watch, uh-huh. which you can configure to unlock your Mac when you sit down at it. So uh, I yeah, just yeah. I sit down in my Mac and hit a key and it unlocks my phone, yeah. my watch vibrates and says hey I unlocked your Mac for you and <laughs> I'm off into the races. So. Well, I think it's about options. I mean, I'll, I probably won't get a, an Apple Watch, um, and I I am expecting that Apple will bring out a keyboard with with the touch built in. I know, believe just, that. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably have a keyboard with the touch bar and the the um, the fingerprint thing built in. Mm-hmm. Um, rumors have it that they'll. There's no rumors that it's going to happen, but people are speculating, and it, we'll probably see something like that within six months or so. Can I can I speculate a little further? Yeah. 
I think the touch bar is just a toe in the water. And I think eventually Apple is going to basically get rid of the entire mechanical keyboard from one, maybe not all portable Macs, but there'll be a a uh, option to have a Mac with that's completely glass, a completely glass display and a completely glass keyboard that is configurable. So you basically, it can be a keyboard or it could be, uh, you know, whatever. I think that you, you is know, the future. You know, I I would I would say um, respectfully disagree. Um, All right, let's put some money on it. So, let's put so some money on it. <laughs> I, I'll I'll put a, I'll, I can put up to three digits on that. I'm not confident oh, wow. enough to go over that. Wow. But I um, hey, wait. In what currency? Vietnamese <laughs> dong or something? Come on. May I yen? So it's like three dollars. So the, the thing yeah. is, is they, they've the keys on this new Mac on the new MacBook Pros as well. They've got a beautiful feel to them. They don't travel far, but they've got this new sort of thing underneath them that. Um, the the experience of typing with a tactile key is still something that I like a lot. And yeah. I think that, especially for me, I mean, I don't Dilbert. I'm not like looking at the keyboard. I need something there, these little um, noggins on the, um, on the F and the J key. I put yeah. my index fingers on there and I blind touch type. So... But they could put those on there. They could put those little nubbins on the on the, what is it the J and the F key, and then have the rest just be kind of that force touch because they can do the force touch now where they yeah. give you the tactile feedback yeah. when you hit the key. They can do that already. I'm not saying that it'll be they, they'll eliminate it. Well, you never know Apple and the the headphone port and all that. Stuff. Mm. <laughs> you know, but I think it. Maybe they'll test it on a physical, on a, uh, a removable keyboard for IMAX or something yeah. first. But maybe it might yeah. happen. But when yeah. if it or a third if party it... could do it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm like it's like all of my friends have that computer now. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. You're like the fifth person as like, oh, you know, everybody has a 15 inch. You're the first person with the 13. And that's yeah. the one I want. You know, I've done that for travelability. Um, and yeah. I, the other thing that I want to just quickly say is I've, I've tested the hard drive, the, the SSD speeds in this yeah. and it's off the chart. Um, just, I don't know if I've still got this here, but yeah. So I, uh, I did a, use the, um, black magic design uh, disk speed test mm-hmm. and the read speeds are 2000 megabits per second so you know and this is like compared to i think 400 or so in my ssd in my old three-year-old macbook pro uh writes at 15 uh, almost 1600 megabits per second um, and there, there are reasons why you know people will talk about it's how many lanes you have and and you know but mm-hmm. raw speed it's it's like five times faster than my three-year-old MacBook Pro. Um, I want to I see how you, how, what your opinion of that thing is after you go on a trip with it, and the lack of the SD card slot, and you know, bother me. Et cetera, et cetera. I, all of my cameras use uh, compact flash, so I have to use a card reader anyway. Oh. Um, and I've bought US, I've, I've bought USB three, uh, USB three point one, uh, or the USB C uh, card readers. I've got a little hub that's got DMI, uh, HDMI on there. So I'm I'm set. I, oh, you got, you got just, all the yeah. all the dongles. You're all, you're already. Oh, you know, <sighs> I I bought the Apple dongles, and then Frederick told me after last month's Twip show that they'd reduced the price. So I went yep. and got a I got a, a refund for the difference. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> there you go. But but then I I honestly I'm just replacing the cables. You, a lot of, apart from Thunderbolt. You, if you go from Thunderbolt one or two to three, you've got to buy the dongle. But mm-hmm. with with USB, just buy new cables. I've replaced all of my cables, and I'm good. I don't need those dongles. 
Hmm. All right. right. (laughs) I'm trying to gauge Jose. I'm trying to gauge if this is reality or Stockholm syndrome. No, honestly, I mean, when I I looked it up, when I saw the little thing, I see some Kool Aid around your mouth there. Oh, I know. When when you when you and I saw you scrolling on the uh, site, I'm shocked. Yeah, I I knew they they were making them lighter and lighter, but literally, what I'm wondering is. At what point? I mean, granted, it's it's Apple. They're selling a ton of shit anyway. But at what point does it kind of start eating into the MacBook Air sales? Because yeah, the that's new, what it, well, that's the yeah, thing, the new MacBook right? Pro basically weighs exactly the same. Weighs exactly the same as my MacBook. It's actually Air. thinner. Yeah. So this is actually thinner than the than the Air. Yeah. So the the Air is is pretty much no more. Um, and this thing will fit in the smallest bags. I can actually fit this inside the the large vest pocket uh, pocket on my travel vest on my photography's vest that's when you know, that's when you know you shoot wildlife computer yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's and it's faster than my three-year-old macbook pro just because of the specs but that's and that's crazy. the only thing that it doesn't have it's not got quad core cpu it's a dual core mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. so far it's ripping through everything that i'm doing so i'm happy all right, well, you're going to be my canary in the coal mine. I'm going to watch you for about a month. If you're still happy come the beginning of 2017, I may pull the trigger. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's a good uh, good pick, the Apple Touch Bar. Jose Rosado, man, what's your pick of the week? My pick is something that isn't, you know, um, very kind of crazy new or anything like that, but it, it was making me think like a lot of us do, right, where – speaking of apple like when we have our iphones now ask me what i take probably 80 percent of my usual day-to-day photos on and it's my iphone right you think about it you go on traveling or wherever yeah you might have your camera but at the same time if you quickly just go and take a picture you're gonna do it so one thing i've always found really interesting is the people that take that extreme to the next level. So actually this is very timely because the rock is on the cover of sports illustrated. And it was the first cover of the magazine that was shot on an iPhone. And oh, wow. yeah. And, uh, and you know, Dwayne Johnson is related to me, right? We're, we're I'll let that one go. We're both so, Johnsons. We're both Johnsons. <laughs> I'm just saying. So uh, David Bailey's my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> he's my, he's my, he's my cousin. He's, or something. he's, he's my cousin. Um, but yeah. what's really interesting is these, um, they're called from they're from Moondog Labs, and they're actually anamorphic adapter lenses for your iPhone. So basically, you can shoot a whole movie on your iPhone and have it look like this gorgeous, um, you know, whatever the ratio is. Uh, and and people have been using them, you know, like film students and even real film people, just to kind of see what they can do on a crazy small budget. You know, it's pretty wild when you see an iPhone on like a jib and a crane, but it happens, you know, and (laughs) but it's (laughs) to me, it was hysterical. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking to myself, like, if you're on a budget, mind you, my D4 does video, but I was like, that'd be kind of cool, you know, (laughs) just to try it out and see if you what you could do and that kind of stuff. And especially with the new iPhone, what is it? Seven plus that has the two cameras. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. yeah, see what's possible. That's yeah. pretty pretty useful. I wonder if it would work on that one. If it work on that, well, Pro- I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure they're working the on now. it now. They'll yeah. probably come out with one. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come. You know, it'll yeah. come soon. Nice. What is this? A uh, an adapter lens with a 37 millimeter? What? 
what? Look at this, man. This is like cinematography. See, this is what I used to say last year because we used to see. This looks great, by the way. Yeah. And I, I, they're not that expensive. No, they're anymore. not that bad. Yeah, they're not that bad. One hundred seventy-five bucks, and depending on the quality, I want to see some of the examples of the quality. But I used to say, like, you know, people putting all this rigging and cages and mounts on their phone. It was kind of like putting an Iron Man suit on it. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you have the little man inside and all this stuff hanging off the poor little iPhone. At some point, you know, not with these, but at some point when you're doing all that stuff just to prove a point. I never you did. You might want to yeah, just yeah, get a real camera, yeah, yeah. you know, and shoot that way <laughs> instead of trying to, you know, squeeze blood out of a rock here. But you right. know, but but if you're running and gunning, and you know, you have one of these little adapters in your little bag of goodies, and you can get the, that level of results. That's crazy. Yeah, that you can do I that mean, these days. If you think about it, and right? These cameras are getting better and better yeah. and better. Mm. Yeah, you said it. The cameras are getting better, and if you really think about it, you just said it look at martin right martin's uh you have what you have a medium format camera in some part of your arsenal right or no am i incorrect on that only a only an old film one okay well but my uh, but my 5 dsr gives me higher resolution photos. oh here we go yes so exactly right (laughs) but the point is you see a lot of guys say that have a medium format system and they also have a dslr and they also have a mirrorless camera and this is just going one step further down that rabbit hole where you sit there and say, hey, look, it, they're all tools that I can use differently, you know, and, and if it comes down to it, I, I jokingly, if your client's budget is nil and you can go, I'll shoot it on my iPhone with this, you know, lens adapter and this uh, mm-hmm. DJI Osmo and just you'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You could slap that thing on an Osmo and an Osmo mobile and mm-hmm. have anamorphic and stabilized. Mm-hmm. Ne- that's crazy. Yeah. The, that's the Os- crazy. Osmo mobile is great. I've got one. It's, yeah, uh, you like it? I saw one it, in the Apple store today. I was thinking about pulling the trigger on that. Very, very nice. I've seen, yeah? a, I've seen um, someone, Alistair, I don't know if you know him from, he's actually, in, well, he's not, he's actually in, uh, in Ireland or uh, Scotland, sorry, but he uh, works for um, Smug Mug over in the San Francisco. And oh, cool. he, when we were in Puerto Rico with RGG, he was showing me it in the van, like how it works. And dude, the technology behind it is wild. Like you can set Ooh. it to the front camera and have it lock on a person's face. So he doesn't have to worry oh, about yeah. anything. He just moves it around the car and it just keeps panning mm. to keep his face. And that works yeah. exceptionally well. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've done, I've done it. And it's not just a face, anything. You right. lock it on anything. an object. Right, right, and right. And you can, you can walk around the room and it just, it just locks on it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, it's to me. It was see, pretty I may cool. Have to, see, I'm I'm chasing you now, Martin. You chase me with the Osmo, <laughs> the Osmo Mobile. I may have to pull tr- trigger on that one. Yeah. That might be, you know, my my secret Santa gift to me. <laughs> <laughs> secret Santa. It's not very secret. Yeah, that, yeah. that reminds me. A few years ago, I was walking through Tokyo, and um, there was a white Prius went by with secret police written on the door. I'm like, how <laughs> secret is that? <laughs> Classified. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Look away. Yeah. <laughs> it will burn your eyes. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, my my pick is something old and new. I just want to share kind of what's what's going on in my world. So I'm, I've recently rediscovered Final Cut Pro. Um, I was using Premiere most of the year. Final Cut or Apple released Final Cut Pro 10.3, which I've been diving into, and it's beautiful. Um, but my pick is not Final Cut. Final Cut's awesome. Definitely go check it out if you haven't. Um, but my pick is actually 
LinkedIn Learning, which is formerly formerly Lynda.com. So, you know, Linda got acquired by LinkedIn, and as they kind of gobble up the library, they're pushing out, I guess, the newest videos as LinkedIn videos. And I've been getting up to speed on Final Cut Pro 10.3 using Linda, my Linda subscription, and it's amazing. You know, I've I've gone through, I don't know how many hours of training, and they have it, you know, obviously, like Linda does it, they have it all segmented into the different features, and I feel like I'm completely up to speed on what the software can do. Not that I'm a talented editor now or anything, but I feel much more comfortable using it and I watched all of the tutorials that I watched on the Apple TV. So they have a Linda or LinkedIn, I think it's still the lynda.com app. There's a lynda.com app for Apple TV. You log in with your regular subscription, you can sit back and watch Linda tutorials on the big screen and that's what I've been doing. So that would it is really, it's rad. It's really cool. It's the, I think it's the best way to watch training because the way my office is set up, you can see I have my Mac here and a little TV, a little Sony, cheap Sony TV off to the right there with an Apple TV plugged into it. So I can have the videos and training playing off there while I'm working <laughs> and mm. trying out the stuff that they're talking about right here. And it, it works really well. Mm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey have, have either of you um, watched any of the masterclass.com Things yes. That, yeah. James Patterson, man. I own the yeah. James Patterson one and I gifted uh God, which one was it? Uh Usher. I gifted mm. Usher to a friend of mine. What was, you know, what was Usher Usher's teaches one? performing arts? Oh, okay. He's teaching performing arts. Yeah. Makes how to sense. perform in front of a crowd. James <laughs> yeah. Patterson is teaching yeah. obviously writing. Th- this is this is obviously it's not photography centric, although I am still waiting for um it is photography centric. Andy Leibovitz has a training. Yeah, that's thing in that's there. the one. Here we go. I'm just checking. Andy Leibovitz is um, this one's still like, yeah, coming soon. It's been marked coming soon for like a year. The um, anyone? Wow, really? The anyone? Yeah. Uh, um, but there's there's some cool stuff on here. Acting, singing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the uh, Dead Mouse teaches electronic music. I'm, I I'm need thinking, to get that one. Yeah. Yeah. James um, Ramsey this, teaches cooking. They've, they've definitely <laughs> yeah. spent some this, coin on getting some pretty official people to be. You know the what's cool about that though? I the not only because of the the name and the marketing, because I look at it from that perspective as well. But I you know part of it was research because I want to see how they're doing this thing. And you get in there and like the James Patterson one, he's in there. He's like the Jose Rosado of writing, right? So he's in there, like just telling it like it is. He's like, he's like, and they, it's shot really well. Like they're in coffee shops, and he's oh, like, wow, you're amazing. his nephew. Yeah. He's you're his nephew, and he's explaining to you how to be the best selling author in the world. Like, oh, I just did this and this, and oh, be sure you do this. You know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like. Yeah, instead of like, okay, a screen screen sharing and then someone in front of a whiteboard and, you know, it's just, it's very well done. It's warm and well produced and well, well put together. Nice. So, mm. I think yeah. I'm going to, I've been waiting for the Annie Leibovitz one, but I think I'm going to pre-enroll to the Dead Mouse one. And, cause the, the music <laughs> I, may, I may get that one tonight too. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I'm a, I like that kind of music. Cool. From Chicago, house music. It's <laughs> the first thing I always think of. Oh, Shy Town. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, guys, we went up. We went a little bit over. It's always good talking to you guys. When do we not go over? I don't know what it's like to ever go uh, on time. 
That's just what Twip is. It's, you know, it's, it's part of the beast. You know, I try to make it short. There's no way to make a show like this short. No. It's, just, it's been half know. Twim this this week anyway. This week in music. It is this week in music. This week in it's always yeah. We should change the name to this this week in Twip. This this week in everything. Yep. Twee twee. All right, uh, Martin. What uh, what do you have coming up? When you're when are you leaving? You're I know there's a trip coming up. There's always a trip coming up. Yeah, um, I've got my my first Hokkaido the landscape trip in uh, at the start of January, and we do still have a few places left for that. So if you want, if you're interested, mbp.ac/hl hlpa the Hans, uh, Hokkaido landscape photography adventure. Cool. Um, uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the in the show notes or whatever. Yes, yeah. But um, after that, I've got my wildlife trips, and then uh, Namibia in the middle of next year. Then Iceland. We've still got some Iceland. Uh, everything else is full after the landscape trip until Iceland. I've still got some Iceland slots uh, left, so that's in September. Um, so yeah, but great. I'm looking forward to um, just getting kicked off with my. You know, I love the feeling of walking off the warm bus into the snow and you and you've got the snow hitting your face and and it's crunching under your feet um i just love leading my tour off those but my group off those buses into the the wild uh, landscapes that we shoot uh when one, we get one of the these years one of these days i want to i want to go on your you know you know what i'm going to say right the snow monkey <laughs> trip yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I need to see those snow monkeys like hanging out with each other. It looks yeah, it looks so cool. It'd be great to go there together. You, I tell you what, you, oh, actually, I'm I'm usually, I was going to say um, we could just bring you on one of the on one of the trips, um, but they're always sold out. They're always full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would pay. I'm going to pay my way. Oh no, no, no. I'm not carrying luggage. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on, Martin. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and Mr. Rosado, the angry millennial. Hey. What about you, man? What's coming up for you? Um, some interesting things. Um, actually in the talks with uh, the guys from RGG about doing something over there. Uh, about all I can say about cool. that. Yeah, not sure exactly what it's going to look like or anything like that, but um, it's going to be finally interesting to just not do something entirely on my own, so I'm excited about that possibility. Um, beyond that, we're still doing the, um, you know, credits against suppression thing. So always looking for mm-hmm. people to submit, you know, articles, whether anonymous or with their name attached. Um, we still have, you know, resource magazine that's going to be coming out soon. Um, I don't think it even came out yet, but it was, uh, their end of the year, uh, issue with, uh, with a nice write up mm-hmm. about us in there. And we're going to be doing the talks again come January and February uh, when kids get back from school from cool. from break. And, uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, good, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Good to have this, – this, this conversation is like the – it's like baking soda and vinegar, I guess. <laughs> and what would I be in that mix? I don't know. The bowl. <laughs> the bowl. I mean, the bowl, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm the bowl holding the baking soda and vinegar and bubbling up. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for coming on. And we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Remember, you can check out all of our shows, including this one at thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, we've got a couple new shows that are popping up. We, uh, we're relaunching The Fix with Jose, one of Jose's friends. Uh, Renee Robin is going to be hosting that show. She's already recording. I think she's already recorded like three episodes, and they're crushing it. Um, and 
We also have Steve Brazel, who just launched his new show called Behind the Shot. It's an exploration of uh, one photographer and one shot. So he goes into that shot and asks them, you know, what was going on? Why did you do this thing? And how did you do it? And all that stuff. So, yeah, it's actually it's actually really good. And Steve is a veteran broadcaster, so he has that, you know, that butterscotch voice thing going on. <laughs> like <laughs> Casey, Casey? Steve interviewed me for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I don't know if you know, Frederick, Steve interviewed me for that. And I, when I first spoke to him, his voice is just like crazy. It's, it's right? a brilliant yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he just, he sounds like a DJ. He's just like, yeah, he you're waiting on him to tell you what the traffic is in LA. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like... <laughs> Yeah, nice. great voice. No, he does. He's he, not only does he have a great voice. He's just he's a professional. He's been on the air for decades, right? So yeah, he has yeah. he has that pacing, you know, yeah. and you know that, that polish that most of us podcasters lack. He has yeah. it. So. You know, you know. I think the only person that beats him on voice is a Barian X. I, yeah, I, I love a Barian X's voice. There are different kinds of voice. Like yeah. a, a Barian X's voice is makes you think. A Barian X makes me want wants me want to glad makes me want to grab a like a bottle of wine or something yeah, and sit back yeah. in front of a fire you know while I'm I'm listen you. to him you know steve steve is like i'm waiting on him to mm. announce you know i don't yeah. know uh, anthrax playing the next song because <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, what he does I, he's a classic rock dj so. brilliant yeah well cool guys well that's the end of this episode and you know what time it is jose what time is it I mean, I was actually about to answer that, but it's uh, it's time to take that <laughs> lens cap off. I was about to say it's ten fifty seven. Why? Yeah, but yeah, you got it, man. It's time to take that lens cap off. Mm-hmm.